0: Good morning, Vineyard Christian Fellowship of Yakima. This is Dusty, one of the pastors here. You might notice it's kind of a little bit of a different setup or forum today. Um, I wanted to be able to kind of draw something out. Um, And so I'm using this whiteboard behind me. Today we're going to be discussing Kingdom of God theology and inaugurated eschatology and kind of some other things I'm hopefully going to Um, be able to expand on and kind of develop. And kingdom of God theology is really central to who we are as a vineyard, um, as a movement, as a people of God. Um, Jesus was constantly referring to the kingdom and um, bringing the kingdom to bear on our world. And so, you know, we're to be about the same kinds of things. So I'm going to open up in a word of prayer, and we'll go ahead and get started. Holy Spirit, I ask, would you, would you open our minds and our hearts today, Lord, that we could understand your kingdom truths today. Lord, that your kingdom would break through, even here right now, as we're discussing your kingdom, <laughs> Lord God. Would your kingdom break through, Holy Spirit? Come, open our minds, open our hearts. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Uh, one quick note before I jump into the message: um, please make sure to check our Facebook and our web page, our social media information. Um, we are going to be starting to have in-person services again now that we've moved to the next phase. Um, We're looking at the uh, 13th of September um, for our first in-person service. And just as far as protocols and procedures, um, Dave has put out a video. Also there is a document um, that we want everybody to read. So those things are really important to us. We needed to make a pledge um, to the Yakima Health District that we would operate under certain conditions. and So we want to make sure that we are a people of our word. That our yes is our yes, and our no is our no, and um, that if we agree to something, that we fulfill that. It's just part of having integrity. It's part of good Christian character. It's part of being a a man and a woman of God. So um, that's important to us. Anyway, I just encourage you to go take a look at that. Um, When we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. One of the things we're also saying in that prayer is, Lord, let my kingdom go. Lord, I release my will to your will. I submit my will to your will. I allow my kingdom to dissipate so that your kingdom might rise up. And Lord, would, you, would your kingdom come? Would your will be done? Um, so that's kind of one of the things uh, when we pray, are saying that prayer, Lord, let your kingdom come. That's one of the things that should go hand in hand with that, is that we're releasing our our will, our kingdom. So what do we mean by the kingdom of God or God's kingdom? To understand what Jesus meant by the phrase the kingdom of God, we, we first have to understand what a kingdom is. And a lot of us, you know, we're in the Western world, we, you know, we hear that word and we think of kings and queens, like Great Britain, right? Like, um... You know, King Henry V, or you know, whatever king or, or regent you, know, you might be thinking of. It's, it's somebody who has authority, right, in that kingdom. And that kingdom is also a place where they actively reign and they actively rule. So, what did Jesus mean? If that's true, it's a place where kings, queens, they actively reign and rule. If that's true, What was Jesus saying when he said that God's kingdom has come near? What was Jesus talking about there? That that God's kingdom, the kingdom of God has come near. It means that there was a breaking in of, of the kingdom of God into our world. That the divine kingdom was breaking into our mortal realm influence and activate the will and the works of god what an exciting thing and that we get to be part of that is so incredible to me the kingdom of god however that jesus spoke about is not just limited like earthly kingdoms all right to a to a city or a country or a landmass or even like the borders of ancient israel right that was only so much space israel could never contain the almighty god the creator of the universe the creator of heaven and earth He existed outside the borders of Israel. Like, there's nothing that could contain the spirit of our ever-living God. Rather, the kingdom of God was the dynamic reign of God over heaven and earth. All things that were visible and invisible, as it is in heaven, so it is here on earth. God's rule and reign is over spiritual and physical. He's not limited to any particular time our space, God exists outside of time and space. It's just such an incredible thing to think about. For the ancient Jews, the idea of the kingdom of God was this accepted theological reality. Like the Jews, when Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God, the Jews knew the context that he was talking about. It was taught of by like prophets like Isaiah and Daniel, others, Hosea. Uh, they understood that God was the one true king of Israel and creator of the world. They understood that. They, they knew that. And that as the king, he rules the whole of the cosmos. And that one day, that rule and that reign will, will be enacted here on earth as well. Through his selected regent, through the anointed one, through Messiah, who we now know was Jesus. You can see this reference in Isaiah 61. But... Um, we know that that was jesus right that jesus was the anointed one jesus was the messiah but they all knew the story and they all understood the concept of messiah it was something that they got i want to read luke 5 17 through 20. it says this sorry i lost my place there we go one day many jewish leaders known as pharisees along with many religious scholars came from every village of Galilee, throughout Judea, and even from Jerusalem, to hear Jesus teach. And the power of the Lord God surged through him to instantly heal. Some men came to Jesus carrying a paraplegic man on a stretcher. They attempted to bring him in past the crowd and set him in front of Jesus. But because there were so many people crowding the door, they had no way to bring him inside. So they crawled onto the roof dug their way through the roof tiles and lowered the man, stretcher and all into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Seeing the demonstration of their faith, Jesus said to the paraplegic man, My friend, your sins are forgiven. The Jewish religious leaders and religious scholars whispered objections among themselves like, Who does this man think he is? To speak such blasphemy, only God can forgive sins. Does he? think he is God? Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Why do you argue in your hearts over what I do and think that it is blasphemy for me to say his sins are forgiven? Let me ask you, which is easier to prove when I say your sins are forgiven or when I say stand up, carry your stretcher, and walk? Jesus turned to the paraplegic man and said, To prove to you that I am the Son of Man. And have the lawful authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you now, stand up and walk. Carry your stretcher and go home, for you are healed. In an instant, the man rose right up before their eyes. He stood, picked up his stretcher, and went home, giving all of the glory to God with every step he took the people were seized with astonishment and dumbfounded over what they had just witnessed. And they all praised God, remarking over and over, incredible, what an unbelievable miracle we've seen today. See, Jesus, the kingdom of God, broke in, And not just on an earthly realm, but Jesus knew first spiritually that for the kingdom of God to touch us spiritually, is, is more important than even the physical. And yet when the kingdom of God breaks in, it's both physical and spiritual. And it's, it's an incredible thing. Jesus was declaring himself to be the anointed king in this passage, who, who they've been waiting for for so long. They were waiting for Messiah for so long. That he would proclaim in word and in deed that God's kingdom was truly among them. And that he would demonstrate that kingdom with signs and wonders he transformed every life that he touched and that's kind of like God's you know that's just a really short reader's digest of like the kingdom of God and what it looks like when it's breaking in um, you know we could probably spend a whole year just talking about the kingdom of God Jesus spent much of his ministry traveling and showing the kingdom of God and talking about the kingdom of God um, actually next week uh, our message's topic is going to be doing this stuff um, this month is going to be spent on kind of things, core, essential beliefs that we have as, as vineyard people, our particular tribe. Um, and so next week, we're going to talk about the kingdom breaking in and signs and wonders and, and what it means when the Holy Spirit shows up and comes to town and changes things. Um, but the, like What I was just talking about is, is that kingdom of God, peace. I want to talk to you a little bit about theology. And what is theology? A lot of people are confused about like this word theology," or they have a lot of um, things that are attached to it. It's funny, as I was kind of researching some of this, I found this old Peanuts cartoon, this Charles Schultz cartoon, and um, Snoopy's up on his house on a typewriter, and uh, Charlie Brown comes by and says, "Hey, Snoopy, what are you working on?" And um, Snoopy says, oh, "I'm working on a book about theology." And Charlie Brown goes, "Well, I hope you have a good title." And you see Snoopy typing. He says, the reasons why you are wrong. (laughs) And I thought that was hilarious. Like Charles Schultz, um, you know, he was a a man of faith. And and he knew that, like, we all have uh, theologies. We all have beliefs about God. And sometimes uh, they're not always right. And sometimes they change. And sometimes they adapt. And sometimes as God reveals himself to us, those, those beliefs about who God is and how he functions evolves. That's not a bad thing. That's, that's a good thing that we should be in a constant state of, of God revealing himself and showing himself to us and, and us um, changing as the Holy Spirit develops that. Anyway, um, knowing, knowing about God and the purposes for the, his purposes for the world is what theology' is really about. Theology is basically the study of God. Um, one writer said that faith, basically seeking understanding like, this is my faith. Why do I believe what I believe? And, and that being theology. And those things connecting, my faith connecting to my understanding. And, and becoming interwoven. And that's basically what theology is. It's, it's our mind and our heart and our spirit all being bound together to serve and worship God. And, and we want to know who God is. But we also want to know God through a vital relationship with him. It's not just, it can't just be about here. It can't just be about our understanding. I desire, my heart's desire for all of you as as one of your pastors, my heart's desire is for every single individual in the Yakima Vineyard to be a theologian. I want all of you to learn and study about God. I feel like that's just super important. In the vineyard, we look to the scriptures, both the Old and the New Testament, to guide our theology and and teach us about the nature and the the purposes of our God. We believe that God is self-revealed. He's he's shown his character through the scriptures. And nowhere do we see him more self-revealed than in the life and the teachings of Jesus. Jesus, as we've been saying for weeks now as we've been going through the book of John, Jesus is the ultimate Revelation of the character of God, and Paul references that in Hebrews 1 3. It says, This the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Excuse me, after he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty in heaven. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of who God is. Hebrews 1.3. So we live in this now and not yet time. Through Jesus' life and ministry, God's future world, right, and its entire value system, the value system of heaven, was breaking into our human experience through Jesus. The theological phrase that we use for this is called inaugurated eschatology. And inaugurated eschatology is simply the means that Jesus' Inaugurated, Jesus ushered in the gifts of God's future, more perfect world. Eschatology means the end of the world, the end of time. And so this is this inaugurated eschatology, Jesus bringing the perfection of the kingdom of heaven to bear on our world. I wanted to draw this out real quick, which is why I'm in here today. So in the beginning, we had this creation, right? God created Adam and Eve, created the world. And then there was this long time period of the Old Testament. And then there's a time when Jesus comes. A little cross there. Jesus comes. And he breaks in. And he brings, I'm going to do a little cloud just representing the kingdom of God. Jesus breaks in. And he brings this inaugurated eschatology. The kingdom of God breaks into our present time. And then let's say down here is the end of time. I'm going to just put a big question mark. Because it says in scripture that nobody knows the time nor the place. No matter what any kind of end time prophet might tell you, no one knows the time nor the place when all things end. And we... In the now between the times when Jesus inaugurated the eschatology and all things end we're in this space we're in this now time where perfection has come but perfection is not yet complete and so we live in this tension we live in this time this time between where perfection has come, Jesus has come, God's kingdom broke in and affected every one of our lives. But we can look around and see very clearly that perfection, God's kingdom, perfection is not yet complete in the world. And so this is the now and the not yet. This is this in-between time that we're all living in. And it, it's hard sometimes, Right? This now and this not yet. You know, it's, um, you know, we pray. We pray for healing. Sometimes people are healed and sometimes they're not. It's that now but not yet. Like people can get healed. God's kingdom can break in and heal. And yet, not every single person gets healed, right? And so it's this now but not yet. George Ladd said this. That God's future kingdom, where healing and justice, love, will reign supreme for eternity, through Jesus was being brought into the present through the ministry of Jesus. In Jesus, humanity was experiencing the presence of God's future. So through Christ, through Jesus, we, we were able to read about and the disciples were able to experience God's future perfection, God's future kingdom breaking in and showing us what that might look like at some future point. When Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God that he was demonstrating, he seemed to speak about it in kind of, you know, two different ways. The kingdom of God for Jesus both was a now and a not yet kingdom of God. In other words, the kingdom was something that was invading earth through his ministry into that present time. But then he would also talk about a future kingdom where all rights and where all wrongs would be made right, where he would reign forever and ever in glory. And the vineyard, we call this, you know, living in between these times. It's that now and not yet. It's, there's this tension, right, of we know God has broken in, we know that the kingdom of God is active, we know that the Holy Spirit works through us, and yet things are obviously not perfect. And that tension can be really difficult. And we, you know, we live in that tension between the kingdom touching us now and the kingdom that's yet to be fully revealed at the end of time. So, what does it mean when God's kingdom comes now? You know, whenever Jesus taught, signs and wonders followed him. Children were raised from the dead. Lepers were cleansed of their disease. Lame walked. The blind saw. You know, multitudes were miraculously fed. Prostitutes were shown mercy and kindness and love. Arrogant religious leaders, right, they were rebuked for their compassion, for their lack of compassion, excuse me. The uh, uh, Arrogant religious leaders were rebuked for their lack of compassion. The poor were treated with dignity and respect as fellow image bearers of God. Women were afforded equal dignity as men, and compassion was shown to all sinners, whether you were a beggar, a thief, a drunk, Jesus showed them compassion. His mercy triumphed over judgment. And so should ours. While the kingdom of God was breaking into the world through Jesus, all human suffering and pain and difficulty obviously did not disappear, right? Because there was suffering, and Jesus himself wept. Because the world was not perfect yet. The kingdom of God was not fully established yet. And that reality still remains with us today. For Jesus, while the kingdom of God was happening in the present, it was also still a thing that was yet to come at some future date. But through Jesus, God inaugurated his kingdom here on the earth. And in practical terms, this means that when we pray for the sick, this is something that the vineyard has always done is we pray for the sick. If somebody is sick, if somebody is not well, we pray for them. That's, that should be a reflex for us. Some people will get healed, and some won't. Yet with faith, we pray confidently for healing and entrust results to God. John Wimber once famously said, I don't care if I pray for a hundred people and one person gets healed. It means everything to that one person. And so praying for the hundred is worth it for that one to get healed. And we should operate in that same same mode. We just, you know, we embrace this dynamic tension in the vineyard. Uh, We believe that God's kingdom could invade or break in at any moment of our lives. And not everyone is gonna experience God's love the way we want them to. We rejoice when one person does experience a miracle of healing. And yet we grieve when another person dies from cancer which we've had many times in our body, right? I mean, as recently with my dear friend, Billy Jean, you know. Um, the world's not perfect yet. Not everyone gets healed. You know, and there's kind of two different things on the. Steve Nicholson one, uh, at the pastors' Conference like two years ago said that one thing that separates the vineyard from a lot of other um, beliefs Uh, you know, church, churches, belief systems, is that we have a theology for failure. I want to kind of explain what that means. Um, Having a theology for failure. There's kind of two different sides of this. Some believe that God doesn't do any miracles, that that was just dispensational. It was for that time. It was just while the disciples walked the earth, and that was it. Some, on the complete other side, say that unanswered prayers reveal a lack of faith in us, and we better work up more faith, right? If we want to see God do what he promised to do, it's, it's because we don't have enough faith to make it happen. That's the only reason God doesn't heal. And both of those extremes are incorrect. We believe in the vineyard that this necessary tension will always exist between the now and the not yet of the kingdom. We pray for the sick. And we've seen many people healed, right? I, I've personally seen people healed. We're called to do the work of compassion and see the poor restored to hope, to have hope for a better future. But we don't always see the results we want to see, right, this side of heaven. We don't always see the things that we want to see happen this side of heaven. They they just don't, not always. But we have testimonies from every corner of the earth proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come to bear on us. You hear from every corner of the earth, whether it's China or Australia or Zambia or you know, the Pacific Northwest, we hear of healings. We hear of the Holy Spirit breaking in. We hear of God's kingdom coming to bear on our world. And we should have hope. We should be excited about that. Revelations 21.5 says this. As we live in this middle time, this kingdom of God is our future hope. It's a day when the scriptures tell us That all things will be made new. In Revelation 21.5, it talks about how all things will be made new. And we have to have that hope. We have to have that belief that there will no more be innocent girls enslaved in the sex trafficking industry. That there will be no more cancer. That there will be an end to poverty. No more racism. No more division between people who should love each other. That God will one day right everything in this world and that he will do as he promised and redeem all things. We have to believe that. And towards that day, we have to trust and we have to hope and we have to pray in the way that Jesus taught us to pray. Lord, your kingdom come. Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As he talks about in Matthew 6. We have to hold on to that hope. We have to hold on to that belief that His kingdom, that the kingdom of God can come to bear and that He wants to use us as a part of that. We have to hold on to that. I pray, I daily pray that there will be a day when all of this destruction and all of this sin and all of the the brokenness in our world will be healed by the perfection of God's kingdom finally coming in in its future perfect way. And I hope all of you will work with me and pray with me towards that end as well. And that's my commission, and that's my challenge for you this week, is look for those ways in which you can bring the kingdom of God to bear on our world. And this inaugurated eschatology, this breaking in of Christ, where where Christ broke through and started the work that will ultimately end in the perfection of the kingdom of God, that inaugurated eschatology, of the belief that ultimately all things will be made new and all things will be made whole and all things will be redeemed. But it takes an active, Holy Spirit-filled people of God that is you and that is me working towards that end to make that happen. And my prayer for you this week, my hope for you this week, is that you will take up that mantle, that you will take up your cross, that you will take up the... um, There's a, a, a name of God, Jehovah Nissi, God who is a banner above us. That you will be one of the people under that banner of God. That Jehovah Nisi, God who is our banner, that God will be our banner above us as we march into the world looking to bring the kingdom of God to bear. May we be that people. God bless all of you. Have an amazing week. I look forward to seeing you.